0: Hello and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines with me Gary Middleton and special guest today Joe Dankworth, Sunland Academy Foundation Fair Support Coach with the 9s and 10s. Joe, we're going to discuss practice design to support player development today. Uh, It's great to have you on again. Uh, We last caught up, I was checking my records back in 2020 uh, when you discussed your coaching journey. Um, and where you were back then. Things have developed very nicely for you of late. Uh, Can you just explain to everyone uh, what you're up to at present?
1: Yeah, Gary, thanks for having me again. Um, It's a pleasure to to be on and and share where I'm at now, uh, and update you and the coaches on how I'm getting on. But also, um, Greg, just to share my experience and what I've learned from other people. So last time we spoke, I believe I was just going into the academy shadowing and work with the shadow squads. Um, now, I'm enough to be given the opportunity to work with the nines and tens um, and support in different ways. Um, and in terms of my coaching journey, um, I've taken a lot from people I'm around with now in terms of practice design, in terms of as a coach, of a person um, and just ideas in general. So, you no, know, um, so far so good and long may it continue. John, I
0: remember back then. You know, we we discussed the amount of uh, voluntary hours hours out there, uh, observing other coaches and doing CBD events uh, like we deliver at Northumberland FA. Um, you know, you, you're now reaping the rewards of all that hard work that you've put in over the years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I am reaping awards, but I'm still learning. So absolutely. Um, even now, when I get chance, I still like to watch other coaches in the academy um, when they've got sessions on and I'm not coaching, try and get it early if I can't, watch a bit, or it might be a case of staying behind and watching others and just taking in the idea, or it might just be that conversation after a session and, and bouncing ideas in terms of what went well, um, what would you change and the wise, and then in terms of CPD, I still, when I can't come to the Northumberland FACPD ones. Um, I think the last one I came was at the academy, um, and it's just nice to get some new ideas, watch other coaches, their style and, and knowledge, and I guess network and, and share the love of coaching with other coaches. who Are coming through? Joe, you mentioned working alongside of our
0: coaches at, at Sunderland at present. Uh, has that support challenged you to become a better coach?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think what is, what, what's really been an eye-opener for me is is how much detail goes into coaching and planning a session and I guess the reason, the why and how you're doing it. Um, how to build relationships with players. Um, who needs what? So which player needs what? And which, which what session you're doing? Um, what, is, what is their background ability, SDN needs? home situation um, and in terms of block of work. So, which players are you going to target within a specific block of work in the wise, So, that's been a real eye-opener in terms of um, just trying to learn as much and adapting to the players' needs and making sure that everything that's delivered is for the individuals.
0: Yeah, you sort of answered a little bit there about my next question, Joe, was, you know, how does... Your practice design, how has it changed for you over the past months since you've taken up this new role? Or maybe what you did previously.
1: I think previously when I was in grassroots setting, I would always kind of worry about the team. So what did the team need to learn? And I don't know, what, what themes can I do that to, to to bring it to light? Whereas now what I've started to learn a lot is actually if you focus on an individual a team, come naturally. So now it's more what which player needs what, how am I going to help them the best? And if I can help each player throughout the season, then it kind of comes together as a team. It's almost like a puzzle. put the piece find the pieces and put them together, and then once you've got all the pieces, I think it's a, hopefully a complete puzzle.
0: Mm. Key factors in putting a practice design together to gain maximum effect.
1: Um High ball rolling time, sort of ball rolling at all times. Um... Planning in the, um, interventions accordingly, and when and and why am I might step in. Also, keeping in the back of your mind that things scenarios within the practice might not go to plan. So, how am I going to adapt it? Um, which players am I working with? So, at the moment, um, within sessions, we aim to try and target two players linked to their individual learning plan, um, whether that's a attacking or or possession base, um, and then really just. Making sure that the session you're delivering is tailored to their need, but as well as the others, again, other outcomes within it. Do you know what
0: we want our players to be adaptive players, uh, to deal with challenges in the game themselves? Um, what are you designed to create and support this?
1: I think in, in every design, there needs to be opportunity for players to explore um, in different ways, mm. there needs to be challenges suitable to the individuals. Um, linked to, obviously, the session outcome. Um, There needs to be an element of stretch. So who am I stretching, where and when, and how am I doing it? Um, And then how do I, not reduce, but how do I adapt the session for the players that need a bit more, or how do I support them? Um, I think within that also comes a coaching style. So what what coaching style am I going to apply to a certain activity I'm doing? in the why so I might be observing because I want players to explore a bit more and problem-solve, so I'm not going to step in and give all the answers. I might just drop a, a question in there or something to think about, step out, let them crack on and that hopefully allows them to develop um, the creativity and become better problem-solvers on the pitch.
0: Yeah, Joe, we, we, we talk about the three hours as a must within our, within our practice design and planning, so realistic, relevant and repetition. Is that always something that you look at within your practice design?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So have they have they got lots of chance to to try and over again? So obviously that's a repetition bit. Um, is it realistic to what happens in the game? So is it is it does it allow them to have clear pitch of what happens in the game or what might happen? And is it relevant to the development? Is it relevant to the theme um, that we're looking to develop on? Um, and I think if you can. Do that within a practice design. Look, it doesn't always have to be all of it. It might just be I might might focus on one R specifically in a session, but the other Rs will come out of it naturally. Or it might be spending more time on the relevance part, but knowing that a rep- repetition and relevance will will come in.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned the the players' needs when we're when we're designing a practice. Um, is that something that we need to look at at the, at the very start? Uh, of what design of what the players require uh, before we start to develop a session
1: 100 percent I think ultimately why we are, are there or for me coaching is for the players not for myself I'm there for the players so I think it links into knowing your players and having a building the, the relationships. I think once you've got a relationship you then know how to challenge and, and help the player. And then I think once we've got that, then it goes to your observa- observation tools within, like, I don't know, a game or training session and just kind of stepping back and really seeing um, where the players are and what they need. Um, what I try to do a lot of is link to the six capabilities so, of the game. So where that's scanning, movement um, and then try and really hone in on what they need within a session and, and so on.
0: And it, you would look at the individual's before the team to make sure that we connect with them uh, and make sure the practice is relevant to the individuals. Yeah,
1: 100%. I think the individuals are important at the forefront of everything we do, yeah. really, um, because within the setting I'm in, fortunate to be in, it's all about the individual pathway. It's not really about the team itself. So, yes, the team comes into playing a team, but actually it's how do we support the individual needs of the player throughout their journey? Mm. And I guess, how do we keep them involved and loving the game? Obviously, I'm in an environment where it might be a bit more, I'll say, well, respect uh, in tense at times. So how do we keep them loving football? How do we keep them want to come back to the building by creating a positive environment? Um, but then at the same time, how do we really help them as individuals that they know they were there for them. So it goes back to relationship building. So you know, knowing that I'm coming to training and my coach is going to help me and having that trust, knowing that they're going to leave with something.
0: Yeah. Re- realism, you know, it, it, that, that's really important that what we deliver uh, through the week actually looks like what the players play on a Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, how would you say that that's developed for you with what you deliver now, Joe? I think that's something that, I'll be honest and say, when I was in a grassroots environment, um, I didn't really have much experience around it and I didn't really um, have the knowledge on how to bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Um, going in the environment I'm in now, I'm fortunate enough to work around amazing people who will challenge me. Um, I am willing to listen to taken a ball where that's positive or negative but also challenge me knowing that it's for the better and for the players. Yeah. Um, and just having an honest conversation in terms of if you don't know something, just ask, how do I bring realism to my session? And they might show or think about this. And that. if I was in a graduate session, i will probably go out and watch other coaches a bit more in a different environment or the same environment mm-hmm. than me and maybe ask the question on how do I bring that to life in my session. I think the more you can give them the players within the session, the clearer it will be for them in a, in a game-based situation. Um, whether that's match match your training and then you can kind of link it into the questioning so then you can ask the questions on what does it look like in the game what might happen in the game okay what would you do then can you see why we're doing this and then kind of becomes more interactive
0: mm. And that directional practices uh, the importance of them because that ultimately looks like the realism of a of a game on a Saturday and Sunday, Joe
1: Yeah, I mean the game is the To score more, concede less, isn't it? So it's a game of how do I get past you or how do we get past you to score? Um, And I I think football is quite simple. And at times, we look at the game and we potentially want to complicate things. Well, in reality, it's actually, can I score more than you? And if we do that, we win the game. So having that linked into practice where there is an element of that, I guess, an element of transition, which happens a lot in the game, um, it then prepares them more for what actually happens in the game.
0: Yeah, and, and move, moving on, um, how important is the is the progression from activity to activity um, to make sure that the players have the the ball rolling uh, to get the most from the session? Um, so we talk about repetition uh, can be added into our practice but should still look like the game, as well as being challenging
1: for the players? Yeah, I think having a a clear focus on objectives and how you're going to do it is key. I think you can link it right from the warm-up. It sounds silly, but I don't know. If I'm doing a a 1v1 defending, I might do a 1v1 tag game. So, can you get a ball or can you tag your partner's ball and and the other player is trying to keep it away by moving there? body but actually the other players working on pressing getting there fast slowing down um, timing of the movement forcing them in the area where i can steal the ball Um, then linking into a technical practice where now it's a bit more about the whys and how so why do i need to get there quick or use my body to force them away then you're now going to a tactical element how do i delay them how do i win the ball Um, and then i guess in the game then you just make reference to it so i think whatever we do we can link it right from the warm-up right to the phase of playing and, and by doing so then you can i guess for as a player the, the learning becomes progressive yeah um and it's not a case of right we're doing this it's done right we're going to move on something it's actually it links in and then obviously for players depending which age you work at it, they need time for their brains to process information so if the information is linked then yeah. hopefully some of the information stays i'm not going to say all will but some will stay and then you can kind of build up that prior knowledge within the session and then mm-hmm. kind of slowly Add to it, add to it, and then hopefully it, th- it comes together.
0: You like to think that that learning with the practice being linked. Mm-hmm. will start to drip feed mm-hmm. through into the into
1: the players. Y- yeah, definitely. I think I see it as a. Uh, I gave an example not so long ago of a of a plant. Like start the session, you plan the seed and then as the session goes, and you add a bit of water. And we all know what happens with plants. I'm horrible with it. But if you <laughs> add a bit more water, if you add too much water with it, the plant doesn't survive. Yeah. And I think that's the way I look at it as a brain. So you know, I'll start a session, give a clear an idea to the players of what to expect and what we're doing and who, who is who's learning what. That's the seat done. And then I guess as the session goes on, give them a chance to explore, but then just add a bit of water. Mm. Um as it goes on, that could be linked to my coaching points and my interventions. And then hopefully by the end of the session, it's grown a little bit. And then following week, or whenever we see them next, we just keep adding, adding it, and hopefully by the end of the season, regardless of results, regardless of on the match day, that player has kind of turned from a seedling to a, a hopefully a, a well-grown plant. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, talking about challenges and challenging your players within within the group that you've got. Um, overload practices. So we may set them up against success at the start, yeah. but ultimately um, adding challenges in with the players um, can support. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: I think it goes back to what I said earlier in terms of who needs what. Yeah. So an example is if I've got a player who's very good at defending one v one, I might put him in a lot of two v one situations. Mm-hmm. So now it's about right how and how does he deal with yeah that? how do I now deal with the two players yeah how am I going to delay them why do I need to Um, what sort of things do I need to be aware of what space am I trying to protect and how am I protecting the goal and I think you can be clear with overload practices because you can stretch them in different ways yeah but at the same time you can kind of work the other way because it's on the load to the are those overloaded? Yes, those players that get different challenges and success and whatnot. But the players that are overloaded are also because that's part of the game. Um, and then I guess you could link it to topics or you know, counter attack and whatever it might be. Um, but I think that allows them to deal more with scenarios that I might come across within the game. And I think it's it's incorporating and actually clever your practice design of how and when I incorporate a bit of that into it. Yeah
0: and i suppose joe that goes back to knowing your players yeah uh, at the start when we, when we started this conversation that if you know your players you know what they need challenged on yeah so you know you can you can underload your defender mm-hmm. that needs some work within that area yeah or you can have a have an overload of 2v1 with two attacking players that need to work on that decision making of that two V one area?
1: Yeah, yeah. So linking it to that, you might be having a player from the back. Um where you want to keep to the kind of work and support angles. But you know you've got two players that are comfortable on the ball, so you might put them against three attackers. For attackers that might be at bad decision making when and when like when to stay or release the ball. So they've always got an extra player to deal with mm. that. But then really because the defenders are underloaded, they have to constantly deal with the pressure. So now the keeper becomes really important in terms of supporting them, helping them get out and the how and why. So that goes back to what you said earlier about the challenges. So yes, the defending team has a challenge of playing against free attackers. How do we get out and how and why? But then I guess the challenge for the other players is can you recognise when and when stay on the balls so of decision-making is who do I use and why? Mm. Um, so I don't know, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, fantastic, Joe. Um, looking at reviewing and reflection, Joe, yeah. uh, what does that reflective week look like? You know, we've discussed that before, me and you, mm-hmm. at Sunderland.
1: I think reflection is done throughout. So after every session, we reflect on um, what a session was like. This is a conversation with coaches or on the system, mm-hmm. um, PMA system. Um, then also I link into the individual. So based on which individual I've chosen to kind of honing on and, and really work on um, reflecting on how that was for them and what the outcomes would like for them. It, was it good? What was bad? Okay, what can I do different for them? And then in terms of reflection week, is a chance for coaches to kind of get together, share ideas around the block of work, re-energise the game, bounce um, some ideas in terms of do we need to add things or change things based on the individuals where they're at, and then kind of come back again and put it all in action and then I guess go again mm. so it, 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 then it also for the players I guess it gives them time to reflect on what the past uh, so many weeks has been performances training questions um and it's just a way of really everyone kind of bouncing ideas and I guess trying to reflect and be honest and open in terms of wanting to get better as coach and as players
0: yeah because have it this of late to be fair to as coaches, every coaching session isn't going to go, go the way we want it to go, is it? No. Um, you know, the environment that might not be right, the practice that we set up might not be right, the players just might not understand yeah. because it's the first time you've actually delivered that session with them. Um, and I think we've got to be patient with the players mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that they have an opportunity to, as, as you said already, take in the learning and develop their knowledge around whatever that topic is that we're we're delivering to them. Um, So, yeah, that reflection, you know, we we come in, don't we, after a a session that maybe hasn't worked as well and we'll go over it and pick the bones out of it and think of, you know, should I have done this, should I have done that? So it's a real key, important part of the mechanism of uh, the whole practice
1: design, really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think as coaches, you never have the answer to everything. And I think yeah. if I go into a grassroots setting, which I was in for a while, um sometimes and I understand that for different reasons, sometimes a coach is on their own, so they haven't got anyone to kind of reflect to. Um but I would encourage that if they were coaching in pairs or if they had someone that they could bounce idea of or someone that could come down and watch them, it'll be really good to make use of that. Just because a different set of eyes can see different things and then in terms of the feedback, not to take it personal and just be open in terms of, all right, okay, okay, makes sense. I am I think if we can be more open-minded with each other as coaches and challenge each other yeah. in a good way, ideally it's going to benefit the kids and the players and everyone we work with and us yeah. because we're going to learn. Um, and I think having that right through our, our coaching journey or for the players, their journey, then we get to understand that actually the players learning the game it's a journey and it's time and patience that we need to have and knowing that not everything happens straight away. I always give an example of when a child starts to walk, when they take the first steps and fall over a few times but everyone is positive around them and give them claps and cheers. Mm. And the moment a child does the like a few steps fully and everyone's buzzing, then that's that's what football's like really for mm. me with kids and players that they take their first steps, they might stumble, they might not get it in the games. Yeah. And then, as they get in it, now we're we'll getting more, more positive, giving me more praise. And now they understand the rival, right? happy for them. But actually, how can we give them more? Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to walking again. And I think repeating that process, yeah, you know, just really enhancing their mm-hmm. learning and mm-hmm. love for the game, I suppose. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and I think we will miss this this uh, this word uh, simple. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think, you know, we need not to overcomplicate our practices. They need to be simple practices that our players of whatever age we're working with yeah. can understand uh, and actually put that into practice.
1: Mm-hmm. Um No, to be fair, I think I'll be honest and say that from a coaching union really, that's something I struggle with because I had all I knew what I was trying to get out of session in my head on paper, but then it was executing it. Yeah, and at times I would waffle a bit rather than being clear and concise and direct with the message I was trying mm-hmm. to get across, mm-hmm. and that's something that I've been fortunate enough to work on over the past two to three years with people around me. And the best advice I've been given is be clear and concise with your information, and in terms of observation, get a practice going and step out, and just that—that's something that I've been given early on, and that advice sticks me now, and it makes so much sense because the, the simpler the better and the more effective it is for the players because they understand exactly what they're doing. Mm. And the moment you try and complicate and give it information and, I guess, be as detailed as you want, it, it kind of, they kind of lose concentration because the kids just want to play mm-hmm. or players just want to play, really. And it's then goes back to the interventions of how do I use it? Be clever. The ball's rolling, right? What do I drop in now yeah. without stopping the whole game? Yeah, You know, give this player a little challenge, right? Your challenge is this. The game is going on and then, by the end of the session or whatever you're doing, each player has their own challenge, but they still playing the game. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think simple and effective is you know, really good if you can do it. And I know it's hard, but it goes back to, I guess as a coach, getting out there, learning, observing, being open-minded and just trying to reflect on your practice and hopefully mm. as you're doing that, and you become more skilled and confident in your abilities, then the the effectiveness and simpleness of the session comes out.
0: Mm. Do you some key messages from a discussion to do your own practices aim from yourself?
1: Um, I think um, putting the players first, so understanding the players' need, um, who needs what, um, interventions within your session. So when am I going to step in and drop this challenge, and when am I going to progress it further? Um, coaching style that you might take within a session. Um, getting out there, watching other coaches. And I think the big thing for me is just being open-minded in terms of feedback and reflection and understanding that the coaching journey isn't a marathon. It's not about getting as many qualifications or getting at the top. It's more a case of developing yourself as a person. And if you can be a good person, I like to see you become a good good coach because you can build relationships Mm. and put your players first and kids.
0: Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure again today. Uh, Thanks for sharing your thoughts around practice design. Uh, And good luck with your new role at Cinnamon.
1: Pleasure and hope to be back in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Take care. Cheers, Joe. Bye.